0: In the past couple of weeks, we have seen Wall Street do wild swings. Our investments go up and down. So, how do we invest an investment that lasts? Let's talk about that. Those of us who have money usually invest it, and then we watch it go up and down, and it drives us crazy. Well, today, we want to talk about a different kind of investment. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We're in Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 10 today. Paul lays out a blueprint, if you will, a success plan. How to invest your life. You see, as Christians, that's what we're called to do. So how do we invest our lives? What what kind of portfolio do we build in our lives? Uh, for Christ's sake. Well, that's the subject today. Here's Pastor Phil to talk about it more.
1: Galatians 6. He's been talking about them being justified before God apart from any works of the law or any human merit. He's done this for four chapters. The fifth chapter, he begins to tell them how justified, saved people live. How grace people ought to walk in the spirit and he begins to develop the practical side of christianity he tells them in verse 6 of chapter 5 that this faith we have is manifested by love in verse 13 he says this faith serves one another out of love he says as justified folks are spirit people we walk in the spirit and we are delivered from the power of the flesh. We are people that God bears a crop called the fruit of the Spirit. In our mental attitude and in our behaviors, we're the people who walk in love, peace, gentleness, joy, goodness, kindness, meekness, self-control, faithfulness. This is the character that starts being manifested in our lives as we walk In a spirit reliance. We don't need the law. We don't need religiosity. We don't need rules. We need a divine person animating, energizing us. And he produces character that surpasses any ethical system. And it just comes out of the life of Christ flowing through the believer. He said if we're walking in the spirit, we won't be proud, vainglorious in 526 Pride is the enemy of knowing God. As long as, you know, can you imagine going to the Grand Canyon so you could see yourself? Go to the Grand Canyon for a course on self-esteem. When you see something greater than yourself, you learn to forget yourself. And in forgetting yourself, you find yourself in him. There's no place in the Bible that God tells you to take a course on self-esteem. He tells you discover who your God is. And when you discover him, you come to just nearly forget about yourself, which is one of the most glorious things that could ever happen to you, is to quit thinking about yourself. That is a divine deliverance. And so then he goes into chapter 6 and he said, Those who walk in the Spirit become a part of God's paramedic team in the church. They restore believers that fall into sin. They don't gasp and are shocked. They get involved in restoring them. And that's a wonderful thing. Every spirit-indwelt saint walking in the spirit is on God's ER team. You are to restore those overcoming sin. Don't send them to the pastors. Don't turn them in. Don't talk about them. Don't put them on the prayer chain. You get involved in trying to restore them. Beautiful thing. He goes on to say that we'll share the burdens with those who are overburdened and life is crushing them and you can discern that you see that and you offer whatever help you can he said only pride will keep you from getting involved in verses three and four then he says by the way keep carrying your own burden your own responsibility it was a word for lighter load like a backpack uh be a responsible christian carry out your own duties And in the same vein, he picks up now in verse 6 and through 10, the rest of his ethical teaching. And then he's going to start closing the letter. And so uh, we want to look at what he says here. I really think he's saying how we ought to be investing our life as believers. And uh, uh, he's going to tell three things in this section, three ways to sow your life. Sow it by sharing your life with those who share the word of God with you. Verse 6. Then he's going to say, Sow your life in the things of the spirit and not the things of the flesh. And lastly, in verse 10, he's going to say, Share good things with all people, especially to the household of faith, but be good to all people. So, let us read the passage and then look at it. Anyone who receives instruction in the Word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to To the family of believers. John Piper in his book. Don't waste your life. Quotes a Time. Article. On retirement. And in the article. He interviews a couple. Whose dream was early retirement. And they reached it. I believe it was by 55. This couple being interviewed. Had finally reached the American dream, early retirement. And as they were being interviewed and uh, perused about their very good financial management and status at that point, the interviewer says, And what do you propose to do in your retirement? They said, Oh, that's simple. We have been investing our money in a nice place in Florida. And uh, we spend every morning collecting seashells. That seems to be what we've always dreamed of doing. And the interviewer says, is there anything else? No. Just don't have to go to work. And being on the beach and seashells collecting would be enough. But they said, but you're only in your 50s. What if you lived to be 75? That would be 20 years worth of seashells. Basically, they're going to waste their life doing trivia pursuit. And yet the Spirit-filled life and the Spirit-led life is not a life that's wasted. And he tells us three areas we ought to be sowing, what spirit-filled investing looks like. And it's not just a 401k or a 403b. It is spiritual investing that brings great dividends. The first place, he says, the spirit-filled ought to be investing their life for sure is you ought to be investing in. By sharing with those who share the word of God with you. Now, this is obviously a Gentile church. This is one of the earliest epistles, about 50 AD. The Gentiles didn't know anything about supporting a teacher. You see, they only had temple priests. They didn't have teachers You went there, you offered sacrifices, you engaged in uh, frolicking, you engaged in heathen worship, but there's no such thing as a a teacher, a pastor, none of that. So this church, he just makes it one-liner here. Now, men like James Boyce and other great Bible teachers think that verses 6 to 10 is all about financial investing. And they make the whole section, sowing to the Spirit is giving money, they would say. Uh, Verse 10, give money to help all men, but especially in the household. So they make it a whole financial giving section. And it may be so. The kind of commentators are split. Others would just say it's just one verse mentioned. By the way, in your walk in the Spirit, you ought to be sharing what you have with those who have instructed you in the Word. And the word for sharing there is our word koinonia, fellowship. Uh, Have a partnership with those who have instructed you in the word. You ought to reciprocate by sharing what you have with them. And this could certainly refer to financially underwrite them. For he said to Paul, Paul said to Timothy, Elders who rule well ought to be counted worthy of honor and give double honor to that guy that preaches and teaches and the word who labors at it, and it's the Greek word, he exhausts himself mentally, kopios. He just poured out. It ought to be exhausting labor. Always be suspicious if we play scratch golf. And you have no threat of that on this pastoral team. We got long ways to go they're just being kind at the course to even let us on other words it was meant to be an exhausting poured out job to invest the word of God in others lives much like the rabbinic tradition but he says to these taught he says you ought to receive instruction in the word you ought to share with those who teach the word take care of the Pastor teacher at Glacier. Take care of those who've taught you the Word of God. Share with them. Now this means share materially, the choose that way. Have a partnership with them in that. But I must say to you, there is something much greater in the sharing with those who teach the word. You know what the greatest sharing is? Is when you share the riches of the truths you're being taught, that you come to have a partnership in them, not only that you support the teacher economically and help them, but the sharing is even further, sharing the love for the truths shared. That is something that uh, there's nothing like it to me to have one of you dear saints come up after a sermon and basically you say, I got it. I see it. it. That's wonderful. Now, most of you don't do that. You hit the back door and get out of here and say, I hope he does better next week. How do you share with us who teach the word? Criticism? Or do you ever come up and say, I, I saw it? It's, it's precious. That, that's, I'll tell you, you treat me well. I'm not here for an offering. Because, see, that at the, at the hall, I'd be telling you to up my pay. But I've outlasted poverty in 36 years. I'm treated well. But I'll tell you the greater sharing to teach the word, to teach justification by faith, instead of people saying, oh, you know, what's that? You obviously don't support the word of God. You'll never get so spiritual you won't have an addiction to the word of God. Spirituality is not mysticism. Spirituality is not on another planet. Spirituality comes in drinks of this book. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the God of it. But this takes you right to him. And you come to share in these truths. Love them. They become like honey to your soul. They become like manna to your hungry spirit. It shows Christ. It reveals Christ. And all to have a congregation that loves the Bible and love to hear it preach and love those who preach it. It's not enough you love the Bible. You better love me. And you better love men that love it. Because they're an endangered species. We got liberals everywhere. We got videos. You got to dance the gospel. You got to movie the gospel. What's men doing teaching and preaching? Don't you know we grew up on videos and DVD? We can't get it. We don't need preaching. We need dialogue. Whoever teaches you the word of God deserves more than a nod. They deserve your prayers. I wonder if the reason there's such a exodus of preachers going from the ministry and not going to seminary as they did we got many going to christian liberal arts but they don't want to be preachers they don't want to be teachers of the word they want to be lawyers doctors that's okay a lot more money there a lot more status than going out to dunksville and renting a dumb stupid looking hall and say we're going to teach the bible I want to tell you, those who teach the Word of God, whoever they may be, need the support of spirit-filled Christians. Who else wants to get this message out? You think the world wants us to preach this? Do you think Cal Berkeley is all in favor of what we say in this pulpit? you got to be kidding. It's the Athens of our day. They hate our message. They hate our gospel because they bought the wisdom of the world, but the world... By its wisdom, never knew God. But God chose a foolish method. He put his son on a cross, and by the foolishness of God, you were saved. You weren't saved by a philosophy department, you were saved by a crucified God. That's how you were saved. And let me tell you, saints, some of you have been hurt in church. You were hurt maybe by a preacher or hurt by some pastor. Don't be surprised. God's only put fallible men to lead the church. So don't be surprised if they step on your toe. You step on theirs too. But let me tell you, there needs to be a love in us. We want to love those who love to promote God through the teaching of his word. Do you love Bible teachers? Do you love Bible teachers? If you don't, I know you're walking after the flesh. You're either not saved or you're messed up in your heart. You're still bitter at somebody that hurt you. I love J. Vernon McGee. And he's been dead, what, 15 years? I said one Sunday night, I disagreed with McGee on something. And we had a a time. In front of the church, I said, now who do I think I am disagreeing with someone that's been dead for 10 years? He talks to more people dead than I do alive. Accent at all. You know what God honors? He didn't a- a- honor his accent. He honors his word. I talked to them on KFAX, Here we are on KFAX, And they say, McGee is the most requested Bible study program on the radio. They can't book enough time for him because he says, in five years, I'll take you through 66 books of the Bible. And he's not even preaching. Sometimes he's yawning. And that accent and those stories. And you just say, goodness, God, can't you do anything better than this? He said, no, he, he wants to get my word out. He loves my word, and I can make him effective, even if he's from Oklahoma. He's not slick. He's biblical. Be sure you take care of those who teach the word. And let me tell you, oftentimes when we haven't, we've starved to death good men who wanted to give you the word. And you could have been something. But we paid everybody else better than we thought about paying them. Because our priorities were not on the things of the spirit, but on the things of the flesh. Calvin Coolidge used to love to tell the story about the country parson who came up to the old country store. And he, he pulled up with a fine team of horses. The teams were immaculate. The horses looked beautiful. And the old boys were chewing beech nut and spitting and and just kind of wanted to give the local parson a little bad time and uh, the parson wasn't too well dressed and one of the men just said to him as he pulled up he said and parson how in the world can you get such a beautiful team of horses and you look so poorly he said well you see I take care of the horses you take care of me I want to say something about giving the one fund we never promote in this church is the general fund only mature saints know that did you know every pastor every department gets paid out of the general fund we'll pay for our, a camp for these kids we'll pay for it out of the general fund we, we pay for bungee soccer out of the general fund uh, all of our secretaries paid out of the general fund it's the one fund that is usually under-supported. You'll give to missions, and you're doing wonderful. Our touch in the futures coming on. Right now, we're 87000 in the red in the general fund. Because we pay out a lot of camps, and we put a lot of up front. And don't ask me to explain all that. Call Ron Hughes. He's in Monday. Work him over good. He could explain it. I don't care all that. But I see some believers they don't support what we teach here because they never support the general fund they send all their money elsewhere or they tip the general fund and uh, if that general fund goes down we'll lay off pastors, we'll lay off staff and you only can show that you support what you're being taught by supporting us in that general fund do it it's biblical it's biblical And if you don't support men who will teach you the word, you'll do worse. You'll starve your soul. And you'll lose men that love the word over a low-down dollar. Oh, that we could put our money in people who want to teach us the word of God, wherever that is. The spirit investing life will find some way to put their money in getting this message out. Is any of your money being invested that way? Think of how much money you spent at Starbucks last year. And you're already a nervous wreck. You're drinking so much caffeine. It's kind of good though, isn't it? Then he goes on to verse 7. And he tells a principle before he tells them how to sow in the things of the Spirit. He says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. And in the Greek, this means to lift the nose to God in arrogance. Who do you think you are? Kind of an arrogant. Hey, God, I could defy this principle. God says, don't don't be deceived. I will not be mocked in this principle. What is that? Whatever you sow, whatever you sow, you shall reap. I don't care if you're a farmer, it applies. I don't care if it's finances, it applies. I don't care if you're a kid raising cane and putting your parents through it. Guess what? We're all going to remind you when you have your first child, payback's coming. It has a way of coming around. The way you treated them, God says, I won't be mocked. I'm going to see that what you put out in life you're going to get back plus some. If you're a critical spirit kind of person, critical, 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 guess what? God's got 10 people who just want to chew on you all the time. You will get to reap it. And you'll say, I sowed this spirit. I'm going to reap it tenfold. If you sow pennies, you're going to reap pennies. You sow dollars, you reap dollars. You're going to reap what you sow. You never reap what you didn't put in the ground. You see, you get real stingy with the bag and say, well, you know, weather conditions haven't been good. I'm going to hold on what's in the bag. What's in the bag never multiplies. And here's the principle. He wants you to get this, and it's all over the Bible. Whatever, whatever you sow in thoughts, deeds, activities, just know this, God will, be, will not be mocked in this principle. Whatever you sow, whatever, 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 you will reap.
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Questions, comments about the program, as always, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by giving us a call, 855-833-9864. If you've got a question for Pastor Phil, you can use your smartphone. The Voice Memo app on that smartphone is a great way to reach out to us with your questions, praise reports, and comments. Simply record your question, who you are, where you're calling from, and then email it to us, tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, that's tftquestions at valleybible.org. And again, as always, you'll find more information about Truth For Today at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. Now, Truth For Today is a listener-supported ministry. We have friends and family members who have come alongside to financially support the ministry to ensure that it continues on this radio station. Would you be a part of that family, that friendship? We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us again. You can securely donate at truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Allen.
1: Blessed be the name of the Lord.